say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's never been to The Rock, but... If you're some man, The Rock is cooking! Nailed it. You didn't nail anything. We're talking about Alcatraz, Uncle Sam's Devil's Island, the actual rock. Oh my bad, here we go. If you smell what The Rock is cooking... Seabot, go to timeout. We have an actual show to do here. I know you are, but what am I? I'm, I'm, anyway, as I was saying, we are Hysteria 51, and we are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. I am your host, John Goforth, and tethered to me miles away with simply a can and some string is my co-host, the infamous Mr. Brent Hand. Aha, uh-huh, thanks, John. It sounds like the robot exchange program is going well. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put for, it. For me, <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe that uh, you agreed to it. But I, I will say, timeout is a new one. Uh, that's, that's uh, you know, I, I hadn't really tried that before. How's that? How'd you pull that off and how's it working? Well, it was, it was actually pretty simple. I, I set up, a, <laughs> we got a new dishwasher and I set up the dishwasher box, uh, uh, put it next to an electrical outlet. And then I, 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 I cut a hole in it and put one of those hamster bottles, filled it full of vodka. And I got to be honest, you throw them in there with some electricity and, and vodka, keeps them quiet. Uh, and here's the best part. Uh, since it's so small, uh, it, for, he kind of likes it because it's the only place that he can get away Let from. Let me paint you like a French lady. Lady fingers bottle rockets. Happy 4th of July. Oh, <laughs> from him. <laughs> that tracks. So, I mean, Ben, where do you send Kyle when he misbehaves? I... I haven't figured that part out. Uh, nothing I do actually seems like a punishment. It's like a, it's like trying to punish a two-year-old. I, for instance, I put him in a dark closet for forty-eight hours, literally two days, and he just sang show tunes the entire time. What's well, nice to know how you punish your two-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> who also sang show tunes the entire. No, it was weird. No. I'm Well, that's awful on many levels. Uh, If you're new to the show, though, and wondering what all this was or is or what's going on, the first robot who is in timeout is Conspiracy Bot, and I built him to help produce a show, but as you can hear, he sucks at it, and the higher-pitched voice is Conspiracy Bot's robot minion. His name is Kyle. He likes the aforementioned cheese muffins and apparently show tunes. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair, hair, hair. All right, all right. South Pacific enough of the the speak and spell. John, tonight we're talking a real life story that was made into a Hollywood movie, The Escape from Alcatraz. And I will say this real quick, though. You did misspeak because this podcast has been to The Rock, or at least some of us have. Producer Lee and I toured there about two years ago. Now, it was 
post its Eastwooding and Connery caging, uh, but we were there. And so that kind of brings up in my mind um, a good question for you. What's your favorite movie based on a true story? Well, first and foremost, uh, I would like to continue to use Nicolas Cage as a verb. I think that was a <laughs> wonderful addition. Connery caging? No, just caging on its own. He just caging on its own, yeah. Actually, I guess in that use, it might have been an adverb. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um... Wow, yeah, it's a, it's a good question, uh, I, man. I'm just happy to be having this conversation. I've, uh, I'm I'm back after missing a few weeks. Being uh, I was uh, I was in an undisclosed location, but I am happy to be back. I'm always in undisclosed locations. This is how I live my life, <laughs> and happy to be asked inane questions by you. Um, so I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that was probably my favorite movie based on a true story. Yeah, you just you know, throw that in the front of every movie, period, based on a true story. Gratitude. <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in all seriousness, oh, man, um, I, I have a few. I really liked Pursuit of Happiness, that Will Smith flick. Um, yeah. I, I was, it was like kind of one of those tearjerkers. I was just going to say, tearjerker. But also, like, a true story that you have a hard time believing was a true story and yet has an awesome ending. Sometimes true stories... Because their true stories don't have great endings, <laughs> and and that one did. Um, uh, I really liked. Uh, I really liked Lincoln. I thought that was Daniel Day Lewis is Lincoln. Well, it's like everything he acts in. Like, how does this man? I don't. I don't get it. He just becomes the 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 it's like role. One day you wake up, you look in the mirror, someone yells "cut," and you're Daniel Day Lewis, and you have been your whole life. Son of a bitch, <laughs> that guy's good. He's really good. Um, I, I would say this does not have a happy ending, but I really liked the movie The Social Network. Well, yeah, and and you you've bought yourself some time for saying that because they, <laughs> <laughs> not that they're listening, I promise, and none of them. I'm going to be in Facebook jail by the end of the yeah. day because Zuck didn't enjoy Did Jesse see Eisenberg's Facebook, treatment. Someone, someone put one of those captchas or whatever they're called, and it had click all the boxes that contain a lizard, and it just had like a couple lizards, and then Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, okay, uh, I'm going to throw one other out there. Uh, admittedly, they probably took some liberties, but it is based on a true story. Zack Snyder's 300. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of liberties, I'm sure. Uh, that guy's hunch was not nearly as pronounced. On the <laughs> that, but but I mean, that was the only one, obviously. That otherwise, it's spot on. Spot on. <laughs> Uh, I got one. I'm only going to give you one, and because it's the one you should have rattled off, I'm ashamed of you for not. And uh, you've even went on a little adventure with said person. Fire in the sky, the Travis Walton story. You okay. Didn't even think about that. All one. right. All right. All right. That's fair. That's Travis, fair. I apologize for John to you. I okay. So you know what's interesting? You sh I I should be apologize. When I went through the exercise in my head, I wasn't even thinking of like forty and. Oh well, I mean, I didn't. I didn't say that they needed to be. I was just giving you shit because you didn't say Travis. Travis and the other yeah. thing is, speaking of My the three hundred, when you talk to Travis, Travis is like, "Yeah, that is not the story. That is not." <laughs> yeah, what it's happened. true. <laughs> he's, he's literally like, "Nope, didn't happen that way. It's a fun he's movie, like, but I nope." I told them they could make a movie, and man, they made a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the the big difference being, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't go. That's not my movie. He's like, no, no. It was it was fun making a movie. It has nothing to do with what actually happened, but it was fun making. Well, a movie. and he also said that the aliens look like middle aged Asian men, and they took them to a La Quinta Inn, so not a spaceship, but you know, similarities nonetheless. 
I feel like that last part you might have made up. Uh, well, um, it was a comfort in, but they're, they, they're more litigious, <laughs> so I try to keep it. Changing the names to protect yeah. the innocent. <laughs> All right, though. Let's let's get to uh, uh, to prison, uh, which is something that you're probably going to have to get used to one of these days, John. So let's, let's get started. If this robot stays here much longer, I think you're uh, right. Uh, why don't you start? Tell us a story, but let's start at the end, and then we're going to tell you how we got there. Let's do it that way. All right. So the year... 2020 no i'm kidding all right uh <laughs> starting at the end and it's not the end but it's kind of the end of the the well certainly the end of the movie if you if you haven't so the story we're going to tell you today is the escape from alcatraz and it's it's about it's about four inmates who planned three of which who actually escaped alcatraz whether they were successful in making it to land is another question but mm-hmm. they they uh, they did they were successful in so much as that they were successful in never being seen or heard from again or captured the end <laughs> yeah well kind of <laughs> sort of yeah it was june 11th 1962 again four inmates planned the escape three actually made the escape uh, but before we get into what might or might not have happened to them from that point forward let's paint the picture of everything that led to this moment. Yeah, like a French lady, as uh, Kyle so appropriately said earlier. Like yes, he was lady. just, he was foreshadowing. Yeah. Give us a brief synopsis, if you will, of said story, Jonathan. All right, all right, all right. So the Alcatraz. Al- Alcatraz. Alcata- oh, Alcatraz. It sounds <laughs> like something you get for in- indigestion. <laughs> it's true. It's true. By the way, there was a gay bar in Carbondale where we both went to college called Club Traz. Club Traz. Do you think Traz was short for Alcatraz? Uh, well, they had sale. Oh, I didn't even think about it. they had they had those uh, jail cells up front. Uh, j- it was the not so good kept secret that all the sorority chicks went up there for drag nights on Sunday. So the gay bar on Sunday nights was full of like uh, dudes from college trying to pick up chicks, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure the, the gay community was just thrilled with. Right. Hey, fraternity guy. I don't know, man. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, I, yeah. And pros and cons. Pros and cons. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, uh, (laughs) our college stories aside, the Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary was a maximum security federal prison on Alcatraz Island, one and a quarter miles off the coast of San Francisco. Have you been there? Have you seen it yourself? Oh, yeah. I have not. uh, I didn't take the ferry over to it. But you've been to San. It looks like it's just right there. And I stood on on the the harbor, you know, had a seal squawking at me and Mm -hmm. and, and was staring right at it. I ate at that, like the pier where that restaurant right there where the the seals are. Yeah. And yeah. And now if you're on Alcatraz, one and a quarter miles looks like it's like 30 feet. It looks like you're right there. I mean, literally, it's like you look at it quickly. and Like, I could swim that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Don't. By the way. Don't. Yeah, don't try. Just don't. Well, uh, they but, do. They yeah. do triathlons. You can swim in now. It's kind of like, kind of like the uh, DB Cooper jumper. They're like, you can't do it. And people are like, well, I own a plane, one of those, and we actually do it for experienced jumpers. But yeah, you die. <laughs> don't worry about it. You, you die. $159. You can do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, but I digress. Uh, yeah. So Alcatraz, the, the actual prison, opened. Uh, the island was already there, of course. Uh, it opened in August of 1934. And closed up shop in March of 1963, so it was around for roughly 30 years. It was intended specifically for prisoners who continuously caused trouble at other federal prisons. It was kind of thought of as a, a last resort prison, if you will, to hold you know yeah, the, the there's worst no of the worst. no rehabilitation for these people. We're just sticking them there to die, so to speak. Yeah, uh, 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 sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively, mm-hmm. and sometimes literally. Mm-hmm. 
one of the reasons that this was their their ultimate destination was that it was thought to be inescapable. Uh, I, I don't know that anyone ever claimed that the the building itself was inescapable, but the whole situation was inescapable because even if someone made it out of the prison, they wouldn't make it off. Yeah, the, the water actually has these weird currents where it draws in and out and in and out, and so they're like, no one's going to be able to swim it; they will die. So it's almost one of the, it had its own walls and barrier, so to speak. If you don't know too much about currents, if you didn't take your oceanography classes, what we're talking about are think about like rivers under the top layer of water. Right. So the top layer of water might even look, you know, relatively placid. Yeah, it's Uh, now currents are those things that are always full of the singing surfer turtles in movies. If you've if you've seen them, that was a that was a Finding Nemo joke. Remember the currents under the water had the surfer turtles. I've never seen Finding Nemo. Well, good for you. I'm sure it, it's a ticking time bomb. You have a child. But one I was about to say, that, I mean, it's coming. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so in, in other words, it might look fine. But like when you uh, another way to think of it is when you're at the beach and they say, you know, don't go out too far. There's a strong undertow. It'll yeah. pull you under. Yeah. Kind of kind of like that. Yeah. And if you're if you don't pay attention to Baywatch and you go out there, the Hobie cat might get caught on the jetty because of the currents and you're going to have to call in for help. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. Yeah. So the the point being, with uh, it being surrounded by water, it being surrounded by treacherous water, that, I mean, even if someone did escape, and if they were stupid enough to jump in that water, they were going nowhere but to the mm-hmm. bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also, you know, we mentioned it was somewhat notorious. It also didn't help that some of the most notorious criminals of the day spent some time in Alcatraz. Right. People like uh, Al Capone, who we know here well here in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, which was Brent's nickname in high school, right? right. Uh, Machine Both Gun, my hand. rap name. Oh, oh your rap. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. true. You did have a lot of nicknames. Uh, James Whitey Bulger, John Stamos, and uh, Robert Stroud, who you yeah. might not know that name of, but uh, when he was at Alcatraz long enough, he became known as the Birdman of Alcatraz. They all did time there. Yeah. And Brent, I went down a little rabbit hole reading about. I always thought of the Birdman of Alcatraz as like this. Uh, I guess what I was probably actually thinking about was the guy in uh, Shawshank that had oh, the, had the bird. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, what was his name? He I don't himself, remember. But yeah. And and it turns out the Birdman of Alcatraz was like a murderous asshole. <laughs> I didn't right, know that. Right, right. I didn't know. That. Not a good man. Not a good man. Actually ran down a flight of stairs, had a shiv and a shiver, a screwdriver or something and um, stabbed an, uh, a guard or an inmate right, like yeah. 17 times in their neck. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh. Brooks, it just dawned on me as you're saying that Brooks. Oh, Brooks, yeah, Brooks, Brooks was, was here. here. So was, Brooks so was, was here. Red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we were gonna get some mail if I hadn't came up with that. <laughs> and then there was the the mustached guy who had a mouse uh, in the Green Mile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like it, we we have been we have been raised to believe that these people who have animals or who are named after animals in prison are kindly souls, and I am here to tell you that is not the case. Right, right, right. Anyway. But it's not just because of that though, John. They, it had a bad reputation with well, of course, inmates that had stayed there, but also a lot of elected officials, even like the U.S. Attorney General, they started attacking it back all the way in 1939. Uh, two years later, Robert Kennedy submitted plans for replacement to a little-known place called Marion, Illinois, which we actually went to college right outside of there in the Marion Federal Penitentiary. Yeah, speaking of Carbondale, right now, if you look at a map, the town, the town due east of Carbondale is yeah. Marion. The Marion Federal Penitentiary that was there was a at that time a supermax, like a level six. Uh, it is no longer 
it's still there, but it's not the Supermax anymore. They've moved things around. But yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think it's telling any tales out of school, even if you haven't been there. The anger was justified because living conditions on, on Alcatraz were awful. Yeah. They had smaller cells than most prisons. You had no privacy. Most, you couldn't get a job. Work was considered a luxury, you know, so most of the time you're not doing anything. And prisoners were routinely thrown in the hole, which I have been in for months at a time. Uh, it's just a windowless black room. And uh, if you go there, they'll actually shut you in there. It is spooky. It is really weird to just go into this room and chunk and you're in there. I was going to ask for clarification. Uh, I'm glad, glad to know that you meant the, the actual prison cell on Alcatraz. Not, not like I was just in the hole for a while when I was doing my stint. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was a bad boy. Yeah. Oh, and ironically, though, I will say this Alcatraz had a reputation for serving good food. Yeah. Uh, so some people actually volunteered to go there. Then they got there and they're like, fuck me. I made a mistake. But the eggs are good. It's like the, it's like the folks that took the original discounts they were offering on cruise lines when the pandemic started. Right. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole disease thing's happening. But, but can you, I mean, you're talking about a balcony room for 900 bucks? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I need to lose weight. What's a little diarrhea? <laughs> okay. We're going to be stuck in Japan for how long? Uh, I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing two months. Yeah. Huh. Well, well. I might need to reevaluate. We'll see. <laughs> When we say officials were angered by it, that anger was justified uh, uh, literally from a dollars and cents perspective. Mm-hmm. A 1959 report indicated that the facility was over three times more expensive to run than the average American prison. Uh, most American prisons cost around $3, or at the time, co- yeah. would cost about $3 per day per prisoner. Uh, Alcatraz was close to $10 per day per, per prisoner. Uh, it's a big difference, you know, three times as much. Well, San Francisco's an expensive town. You're, you're paying for the, the view. The you're paying for the view. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, it sucks, it's expensive, and people get murdered. It sounds like someone, and I'm, I'm not, not pointing names, but maybe three or four people might want to escape that. I don't know. So, uh, what do you say we dive in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to the escape next on Hysteria 51. The food was good. I especially liked Brown Gruel Day. So much better than Yellow Gruel Day. Oh, wasn't one. there. He just wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can at least pretend he was in prison. That's true. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, That's on brand for us. I, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... It's very high on pronunciation, too, so <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do, and then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years, and 
There's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What is what is what is actually in gruel? I always I always thought gruel might be. I don't. Know, is it like? It's when you're out of lips and assholes. <laughs> I always I always thought it was grain based. I was I, I always imagined like cornmeal. Cornmeal. And water. That's what I think of. Yeah. So that would have been yellow gruel day. I'm pretty sure brown gruel. We're not even going to get into it. But Seabot um, liked it. Yeah. Um, well, when it starts to prolapse. Stop. No. Okay. All right. Enough. Enough. Um. <laughs> back, back to timeout. <laughs>
Um, Brent, before we talk about how they did it, let's talk about who they were, the escapees. Yeah, so we said, well, three, we'll, we'll tell you about them. Uh, the most well, prolific. We'll tell you about all four. Yeah, well, yeah. One of, yeah. The first one, though, the one everyone kind of knows, John, tell us, you know, we're going to talk about him first. Frank Morris, and everyone kind of knows him because Clint Eastwood played him in the movie. And he was kind of the brains of the operation. So he's the one that people kind of go to when you think of the escapees first. And when we say brains of the operation, I mean that in a couple of ways. First, just that it was his idea and he, you know, he had a lot of the, he, um, had, came up with a lot of the ideas as to the how and the why and the where and the who and all that. But also brains in the sense that he was one of the smartest inmates at Alcatraz. His IQ tested out at 133, which is an above average IQ. That's just um, shy of, of what is 140's genius. 140 right? is considered entry level yeah. genius. So um, that is that is very not going to mention where where mine fell. <laughs> 76. <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about yours, buddy. Uh, but uh, he was he, in, he, in the 133. It is reported put him in the top two percent of mm-hmm. of uh, folks uh, uh, spending some time, doing some time at Alcatraz. Well, and he was so smart that he was convicted uh, at age 13 for his first crime, and he built a huge rap sheet over the next 20 years of his life. The brains. He also wasn't a stranger to trying to escape prison. <laughs> right, 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 right. He, uh, he had been at the Louisiana State Pen for a while, and he hoofed it out of there on a 10-year sentence for bank robbery. Um he wound up at Alcatraz because a year later they recaptured him yeah. because he was, you guessed it, committing burglary. <laughs> I'm so smart. God, I'm smart. Oh, I shit. mean, if you literally make it out of prison, you escape from prison. You made it. You've been out a year. Don't do the things that put you there. And yeah. I don't I'm not, I don't I don't even mean that ethically. I mean that like right, pragmatically. Right, right. Well, we should also state real quick, though, before he served time in Louisiana, he spent some time at Atlanta Penitentiary. And that's going to come into play because the other two escapees that actually made it out were the Anglin brothers, John and Clarence. And uh, not uh, not too much of a different upbringing from him. Clarence was first got breaking into service stations when he was just 14 years old. And, of course, the brothers together began robbing banks and other places the establishments as a team in the early 50s and they tried to go in when they were closed to ensure that no one was there because they actually didn't want to hurt anyone and they claimed they only used a weapon once during a bank heist and it was actually a toy gun that they had so that actually is the one though that that got them arrested and as the consolation prize they did uh, 15 to 20 and they got to see a bunch of the penitentiary so you know they got a tour of the land uh but they did go to a few no rewards for being good guys. I mean, they, they they literally only did it with a toy gun, and and right. look at it, it 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 sends them away. Yeah, and by a way, they went to Florida State Prison, Leavenworth Federal, and then Atlanta, and then they repeated after several failed attempts to escape the Atlanta fa- facility. They were transferred to Alcatraz. That's right. That's right. And to be clear, we keep saying Atlanta Penitentiary. That was the name of it. Right. We're not ta- we're not saying that generically like there was a jail somewhere in Atlanta uh, somewhere yeah. in Atlanta. That was the name of it. Atlanta Penitentiary. Yeah. And like Marion is Marion Federal Penitentiary. 
That's just the right. name of it. It doesn't right. have some, it's not Leavenworth or, you know, I'm in blah, 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 The Rock. You San know. Quentin. Yeah, Alcatraz. So that brings us to the final member of the team, Alan West. Well, he starred uh, in a well-known television series in the 50s called Batman. <laughs> oh, wait. Nope, nope. I'm hearing that's incorrect. All right. That was a bad joke. Yeah, well, uh, and yeah. I, you know, I'm going to apologize to everybody listening. He was a mayor out in Rhode Island for a while, too, but that's just beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> that's the difference between you and me, Brent. When I come up with a bad joke, I wind up apologizing for it. You dive in deeper. That's right. They, that's they, right. I, I, I respect your game. Dive, I do, in, right? dive into the bay. Get yourself a cohog. Get yourself a cohog. So, spoiler alert on Alan West. This is the guy we mentioned that did not get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, more on why and how and all of that later. He was a low-level car thief, uh, but he also tried to escape prison when he was in uh, the Florida State Prison. Yep. That's what landed him in Alcatraz. So he wasn't like a murderous asshole or anything like that, but because he had tried to escape another prison, they shipped him to Alcatraz. Yeah. But don't forget, he'd also spent time with some of those boys at the Atlanta Penitentiary. And you know what they say, you don't do time together, you don't do crime together. So they're, they're thick as thieves, man. Oh, you like it, that? Who said, was that like Rocksteady and Bebop that yes. said that? Yes, they did. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so we, we told you the players, let's tell you the game, the escape itself. If you were, if you were paying attention, uh, as we not so subtly referenced it, <laughs> Um, during our uh, the, the previous Crime Stoppers segment, yeah. there you might have noticed that all four of these guys spent time at the Atlanta Penitentiary, yeah. and uh, it's thought that their their escape from Alcatraz plan worked so well and stayed so quiet because they already had established like mutual trust from knowing each other in Hotlanta. Lame. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean the the and the plan it kicked into gear when they they all came together not just at Alcatraz, but when they were assigned adjacent cells in December of nineteen sixty one. Brothers right next to one another in prison. You know, <laughs> just do that. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's not like it was honor I mean, among thieves at- and bots. And thieving bots. <laughs> I anyway, um, the, the the basic plan, Brent, was simple. It, it was simple plan, but took a lot a lot to execute. Mm-hmm. Morris noticed that the stone, especially around um, the vent in his room, uh, the stone that like the wall was built of was, I, I guess, flaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read in some places that the supposition is that was due to the the, the sea air being, yeah, the you know, the salinity air, of the yeah. sea air, kind of. Uh, but regardless of the reason, he found that it could be chiseled, mm-hmm. and so he improvised a tool and started widening the vent behind his sink. He made friends with a guy named Red in the yard. Red could get things, so he requested a rock hammer. Just stop. Just stop. No. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, he shared the plan with, with the three other guys, and they all, got, they all went to town widening the vent. And to do so, they used a mix of old saw blades found around the prison. Which now, is I t- great to have laying around in a prison. You literally took the words out of my mouth. That's, oh, no shit. that's the way it's described. I think what really happened was they were taking old saw blades that were going to be discarded from the shop. Shanks are us. Um, Shanks are us. Like, I, I have a hard time imagining you're just walking around the yard and you're like, oh, yeah, dan- daffodil, dandelion, old saw blade. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't think that's the way it worked. But um, either way, they, did, they were able to procure old saw blades along with metal sp- spoons that they stole from the cafeteria and an electric drill they actually made with an old vacuum cleaner. That's pretty fucking handy right there. And, and they used all of that to do the, to mm-hmm. do the chiseling. 
Um, but they had to make sure that no one would notice said chiseling, so they, they actually fashioned cardboard and painted it to look like the stone that they were chiseling away. Mm-hmm. Then they took the, the, the vent and kind of glued it to that cardboard and painted it to be the same color as the stone, and basically... Uh, whenever they weren't working on it, they put that kind of fake fascia stone slash vent back in place so no one would notice. And no, Seabot, they did not use posters of Rita Hayworth. <laughs> right. But it was going to take a lot more than, you know, just a way out of their cells to get out of that whole Alcatraz prison and off of that rock. It was going to take a lot more materials. And don't forget, there's literally no privacy in these cells. And the cells were tossed fairly routinely. Tossed means they search them looking for contraband of any kind. I prefer syrup. <laughs> so once the holes were wide enough to actually get through, the guys would climb through on a nightly basis. And they went on like these rummaging runs looking for stuff through the utility corridor. And it's kind of cool if you go there. So the the cells back up to this little corridor that is just there's pipes in it. That's all it was, was just a hollow in the wall that they'd left in case everyone ever had to go in there. And right now, if you go in, they have it opened up and there's plexiglass and you can look down there. But they were just in this cool little area where they could climb all the way to the top of the cell block because there was pipes in there and no one would really know that that, uh, they were in there secret room almost you know but it was the size of the whole cell block this is the part that gets me about this story that like there was just all this square footage that no one was paying attention mm-hmm. to my, one of my favorite parts of this story is this little unguarded area they like set up a clandestine workshop right like mm-hmm. literally a workshop to to put together all the stuff they needed for this escape and so they were able to collect i i, I this is um, shocking to me over 50 raincoats uh, lots of other stone stolen and donated when I say donated, donated by other inmates materials and, and using all of this stuff, they constructed life preservers. Uh, and those were constructed based on a, a design. They literally found in a magazine. Popular mechanics yeah, had like a, uh, had a design for life chance. preservers. Yeah, yeah. Like if yeah. you're ever needing to get out of prison, uh, <laughs> if you ever needing to get off an Island that just happens to be in a, a bay in San Francisco. Yeah. All you can find is 50 raincoats. Well, follow us for more recipes. <laughs> uh, they also were able to fashion a 6 by 14 rubber raft yeah, they, uh, out of they the same raincoats. literally use these said steam pipes and would like fuse the seams together uh, so that it was watertight. It's crazy. Yeah, well, they, they stitched it and then they did they, right. like I, I saw a number of documentaries where they tried to kind of recreate this stuff and they would find that just gluing it or just steaming or just. Uh, like, like none of it worked and they had to do mm-hmm. all of these things, which begs the question, like how many versions right. they created right. before they found one that they thought was seaworthy. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they, they even made paddles, Brent, uh, from scrap wood and stolen screws right. from the shop. Right. Uh, I mean, they, 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 this was well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a, an overnight thing. They, they took months to work this out until they were ready to do it. Yeah, they, they really did. And, and finally, when it was about time, they even, there was a ventilation shaft they could, that went up to the roof that they could climb uh, and they found a fan in their way. So they, uh, when they, when it was time to go, uh, they were going to get past that fan by removing the rivets, holding it in place. And Oh, by the way, did we mention they even had a homemade wrench? Right. 
I saw. I actually saw a picture of the homemade. It's it's, it's pretty brilliant. They have all they, that stuff on on dis- display there, and it's crazy. oh, at Alcatraz. Yeah, it's crazy the stuff that they used or had, and they would work with like the hour during the day that they'd play music for everyone, and everyone would like be loud and sing along because they knew they were doing shit in there to like cover <laughs> the noises. The, be- the uh, uh, oh yeah 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 that's so true. And um, uh, Frank Morris had even. Uh, requested. I guess you could request musical instruments during uh, to play during music time, and he had requested um, basically an accordion. Uh, it's called uh, what is the name of it? It's a, like a smaller accordion. I forget what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, but think of an accordion, only smaller. And um, they, I know fifty of you are yelling at your right. radio right now. Right, right, right. It, it, but uh, he would use that to cover up the sound and play it to cover up the sound. Later, when they needed to in, uh, to inflate the raft, they used the same instrument to inflate the raft. It's great. Yep, yep. So they started this in December of 61, and they escaped June 11th of 62. So like I said, they had six months, and that is a long time for no one to notice you're gone. They were also on top of that, too, because they would throw clothes in their bed, and they made heads out of you know, makeshift paper mache and they went and scooped up hair and they used paint and made fake heads. So it looked like they were in their beds at night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's prison paper mache. They'd use whatever they could get their hands on right. to, to make paper mache. I love prison wine. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that you do. In fact, actually Brent, have you ever seen, have you seen those videos for pri- like prison burritos? No. All right. So here's the deal. I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about prison to know where why you have access to certain foodstuffs and not access to other foodstuffs. But apparently, um, things like hot Cheetos and uh, other types of, of you know Funyuns and other mm-hmm. types of chips are pretty easy to get from. I guess the commissary. Yeah. Uh, along with ramen noodles, are also pretty easy to get, mm-hmm. and apparently tortillas are too. So a prison burrito. It takes it basically imagine um this i my mind is going in the wrong spot when you say there's prison like take 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 a big bag of uh okay yeah gross um take a big bag of of hot cheetos okay crunch it all up then crunch up a bag of another of your favorite flavored chips um mm-hmm. pour that in take ramen noodles pour steaming water or boiling water into the bag of ramen noodles to let them soften or pour that whole bag, or pour the whole hot water into the the actual bigger bag that has everything in it, along with the seasoning from the ramen noodles. And depending on which video you watch, they have other, um, uh, you know, right. similar ingredients like beef jerky and things that they've been able to procure. <sighs> Put it all together, let it sit for five minutes, and kind of soak up the water so yeah. it's not like dripping. Then throw it inside of a tortilla, and you've got a prison breed. I have seen you and I make not far off of that in college like what's in the fridge velveta cheese half a packet of ramen but two flavor packets for some reason for some some uh some dehydrated onions uh funyuns oh man okay break it all i out. can work with that and one chicken breast we're gonna we're gonna eat this <laughs> well it'll make enough for everybody let's go yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, so that's the, our the, next the, cafeteria 51. That's our next. Yeah. We're going to, we, oh, we, maybe we, we, we should. should do a prison burrito. I'm down. I'm we should. Use, All right. I, know, I always have regular Doritos here. I could probably use those. Yeah. 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 I, 
Uh, I've been looking for an excuse to go out and buy weirdly flavored chips. Let's do it. Um, all right. So the, uh, uh, we mentioned the prison paper mache that they actually did fashion. Yeah, yeah. It was made from a mixture. I, uh, I found it here of soap, toothpaste, concrete dust, and toilet paper. Wow. And uh, as you said, 51. they, <laughs> 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 um, are we talking about, uh, are we talking about paper mache? Are we talking about sea body? Right, I'm, right, I'm right. just not sure. They uh, they painted the heads that you were talking mm-hmm. about with uh, paint from the maintenance shop, and and as you mentioned, they glued that hair on that they had gotten from the barber shop. Then they they piled those towels and the clothing. Boom! It's the like bunk. you did as a kid to make it look like you're in bed or something. Yeah, like yeah, you hadn't you hadn't snuck out. Well, very similarly, like they wanted people to think they hadn't snuck out. Yep. And then we get to the night among nights, June eleventh, nineteen sixty two. Nineteen sixty two. They've done all this prep for six months. It's time for their escape. It's time to do it. And right. they jump into the service corridor that we that we talked about. And Morris and the Anglins climb to the shaft of the roof. And it is actually reported the guards heard something they thought. And they're just like, nah, I think it was on the roof. They broke out of the shaft that goes to the roof. And they're like, ah, I'm not going to worry about it. You said shaft. <laughs> yes. Well, it, yes, I did. Shut up, Siba. I, I think in, in prison guard school, they tell you, uh, one really loud noise that's unexpected. Ignore. It's called someone else's problem. Someone right. else's problem. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah, that's that's exactly right. But then, so they they're hauling the boat, the life preservers, the paddles, uh, you know, all this shit up. They got a lot of stuff. Yeah. With them. They slide fifty feet down a kitchen vent pipe, and then they got to get all that shit over two twelve foot barbed wire fences. It's amazing they didn't even fucking puncture the the raft on those. Then once they're on the grounds, uh, they're looking around. They find a blind spot they'd already pointed or, or, or figured out that the guard towers, their searchlights didn't really hit it very much. And it was on the northeast shoreline. So they get there. He starts playing the tune of his people. Ree, 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 and they inflate everything. <laughs> With the non-accordion. Right. And then sometime after 10 p.m., no one is exactly sure. They hopped on the raft and they were never heard from again now you're saying oh contraire that was three of them one happened to alan west the fourth one well the cement used the, the you know that was holding up the crumbling concrete around the vent it had rehardened and it kind of fell it was down. really good contact cement yeah was- <laughs> and he couldn't get to the hole so he's like ah, fuck it and he went back to bed then <laughs> 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 no but he finally did get his grill removed he we he, he, he went up he saw they were already gone and he'd missed his boat and so to speak. So he literally just went back to bed I'm like, Oh, well, I mean, isn't that amazing after all of that prep work and everything that had gone into that? Yeah. It, it takes you a little longer than, than you expect. And you're like, well, I'm literally staring at freedom. I'm on top mm. of the penitentiary. I'm going to go back in and go to bed. And this is, or because of him, this is why we know so much about it. Because when they got out, he was like, well, they're out. What's it fucking matter? And he told the whole story and they were able to corroborate it by going into the wall and finding all this stuff out. He let them know how they had made their escape. The the so, silver lining yeah. there of him being a um, a snitch is that's how we know the story we're telling you today. Like right. that's how we know exactly how it happened. Oh, by the way, Brent, concertina, concertina wire. Uh, the no the 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 um accordion like instrument oh. was a concertina. Is it concertina wires? I'm thinking of or 
I, I I looked it up. It looks like a smaller accordion. It doesn't have yeah, like a keyboard. Concertina wire is like barbed wire, but with razors. That's interesting. That uh, oh yeah. no no no. I'm talking about the instrument that uh, uh, that Clint Eastwood would play to uh, right. uh, to get all the snakes off the yeah. island. Oh wait, no, no, that's the wrong story. Uh-huh. Sorry. So our heroes are out in the grand abyss that is water. What happened? Did they make it to dry land? They wind up at the bottom of Davy Jones' locker. They get scooped up by aliens. Uh, the mystery behind this game about Alcatraz and what happened to them is all 100% solved next on Hysteria 51. Or your money back. Promise. Maybe I should get a concertina to play while we eat prison burritos. That's probably smart. Are you singing Law and Order's uh, I theme am. song? Dun dun. Uh, speaking of Law and Order, what happened? Where are they? Where are right, they, John? <laughs> where are they? First, let's talk about what we know as fact. Okay, now Whiskey? that that's done. <laughs> <laughs> End of show. Yeah. Uh, the escape wasn't discovered until the next morning, giving the escapees ample time to get away. Uh, well, that's assuming that everything else worked out the way it was supposed to. There was an extensive search once they were found to be gone over the next 10 days. I mean, federal officials, uh, uh, they brought in some help from the military uh, and they did find lots of stuff from the escape. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, 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 Let me I'm going to quickie. I'll give you a quick list of the stuff they found Uh, a paddle floating about 200 yards offshore of Angel Island. Uh, Incidentally, they also found another paddle uh, on top of the actual building, uh, the prison Mm -hmm. building. Um, so they, you know, uh, they, they obviously never made it to the water. They dropped along the way in roughly the same place in the water on the same day, a wallet wrapped in plastic, complete with names, addresses, and photos, uh, of the Anglin's friends and relatives was found. Then also shreds of raincoat material believed to be the remnants of the raft were found. Uh, and that was found on a beach, not far from golden gate bridge and a deflated life jacket made from the same material was found 50 yards off of Alcatraz Island. So lots of debris. Yeah. But that is the extent of the physical evidence that was found, you know, in the water and surrounding areas. Yeah. Yeah. And the warden was like, well, uh, you know, and he talked to the FBI and they're like, they drowned trying to escape. No one can get out of here at the end. And you got to think that's something. Well, and that of course wanna. the warden's going to say well, that. Right? That's what like, they want to do. Exactly. Like done and over with. We, we found who shot the president. We found the men drowned. <laughs> you know, you just want to get all these done and over with. The U.S. Marshals were like, mm, we're going to leave this one open. Uh, uh, but in right. another thing that people have talked about, too, is even maybe those photos of the England's friends and relatives, that might have been something they dropped knowing it might be caught because they weren't going there. So it might actually throw scent off. It could have yeah, been it, something it, that Morris came up with, they thought. There's so much like, was this done on purpose? Was this on accident? I mean, it's also not crazy to think the flip side that they actually did drown. Uh, San Francisco Bay is not crazy really to think par- that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really perilous body of water. We were talking about it earlier. It, it, basically, think about it this way. A bunch of seawater shoots in, again, in a channel under the surface and then shoots back out to the ocean. It, like it, it's, uh, uh, it's like the rapids under the regular water. Yeah, yeah. And it could easily take a man under or um, it could also easily grab a raft and just shoot it out to right. sea. And if you're in a raft and you're shot out to sea, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah. It tends to be that way. But let's say that they didn't drown. Uh, or, or get you know in the bay or get swept out to sea where were they going what do you think 
Well, the the most conventional theory, the one that has kind of stood the test of time, is they were heading for Angel Island. Yeah, that was uh, technically the closest landmass, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another one is, and this is mostly rooted in the study of the currents around there. Is that the men might have been targeting Horseshoe Bay. And maybe even throwing their paddles, et cetera, into the current so that they would be discovered to throw the authorities off, like we said. And then Mythbusters even got in the game and posited the fellas targeted the Marin Headlands because doing it themselves, they found that that was one of the easier ways to do it. So those are things they say. Let's say they did make it, John. Let's the important thing like they did. Where would they be or where are they or what do you think happened? Well, okay. So no matter how they made it, let's you know, with the supposition that they did, which we have no reason to believe that they didn't or did. There's never been a body or anything like that. So saying that they died is just as you know is guessing. Period. Right. Just like saying they didn't. Period. You know. That's right. That's right. There, there was well, there was one report of a body seen by a by a boat that didn't report it for like till days later. Yeah. Uh, but there's a. Yeah. Also, that that body was seen near the Golden Gate Bridge, and five days before that, there had been a jumper off the Golden Gate yeah. Bridge. So it's we got it's a, a lot floater. more right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple, a couple uh, disparate pieces of information. Yeah. There's a guy named Thomas Kent. He's a former inmate. Yeah. According to him, the three had more help than previously believed from inside Alcatraz, and had someone waiting for them on shore to take them to Mexico. Um, uh, uh, some even said it was a girlfriend of Clarence Anglin. Yeah, and the whole Mexico or south of the border thing is something that we're going to run into a lot. The problem with Ken's story, like a reason a lot of folks didn't believe him, uh, I, I I think he was the one that um, this story was told to a reporter and and Kent was paid $2,000 for the story. Yeah, he had said he never wanted to talk and then they said, we'll pay you. And he goes, okay, I'll tell you the story. But the guards, they did talk to a couple of guards, and they're like, well, he's pretty straightforward, older guards and stuff. So it's a 50-50, but, you know, he could be telling the truth. Then you got John Leroy Kelly, who somehow wasn't a serial killer. Um, (laughs) But that just sounds like every every serial killer's name out there. Um, (laughs) So he, he, uh, this guy, he dictated in a deathbed confession to his nurse. So take this as one of those. But he claimed that him and his partner picked up three men in a boat and transported them to the Seattle, Washington area, area. Like that's where they went to. And later under the guise of... Uh, you know, transporting, you know, blah, 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 blah. They went to Canada with him. You know, it's the long story. And then he says Kelly and his partner murdered the escapees to get the $40,000 that their families had sent them. So he murdered them and had a lifelong guilt and um, just got it off his, his chest as he's dying to his nurse. So they made it, but one of their instruments of escape actually came back to haunt them and right. killed them. So, you know, that one seems, you know, I guess, you know, I guess. Another, and, and this is something, Brent, I'm just going to briefly mention this. This this could be its own episode. I think if you're interested in this story, you should go and kind of research this on your own. Because um, I, I could have spent a lot more time here. The family of the England brothers have Christmas card after Christmas card and letter after letter the mother received um, Mother's Day flowers every year for Mother's right. Day. And they say that these letters 
are from the Anglin brothers and they're all, you know, post escape, obviously mm-hmm. basically like, Hey, they were alive and well and they're mailing us. Here's, here's right. the proof. Right. Nothing other than that. And there has been some stuff that came forward and said, I am here. I'm here. I'm here. Um, this one could actually, I feel and maybe we will do that as an update. Um, the Anglin letters on their own. That could be a fun, uh, part two. Yeah. For yeah. Maybe yeah. There's, there's a Patreon lot of someday. Did it come from here? Did it come from there? Is that their handwriting? For the rest you know? of their lives up till now, they'd be in like 84, 85 years old. They have still gotten things to make you think that. But speaking of, this does not discourage or, or despair that. The next place is Brazil. So the reason we're talking about Brazil is they had a nephew, the Anglins, uh, named Ken Widener. And he told Daily Mail Online that he is certain his uncles made it to South America and established families there. They, they married, they had children, everything. Uh, he says the family always felt, or he said, we always felt our uncle Robert knew they survived. Then on his deathbed, it's kind of a recurring theme here. He admitted to being in touch with them for the first 25 years after they escaped. And, um, he, you know, they, they were down there. They, they had new lives. This is an interesting one. He even has photos of, them from the 70s like 1976 is one of them they're standing in front of uh two men standing by what could be uh, brazil i guess and they're kind of on the side of the road and there's a big mound of dirt it could be them it could also be the way you just said that reminded me of wayne's world brazil we're welcome we're in brazil i'm in brazil (laughs) take me down welcome to brazil no but for real though like it it could be (laughs) they're standing in front of that statue of jesus right right. (laughs) Uh, here i am in rio beautiful brazil but you know (laughs) all joking aside though it's just one of those things where they are kind of maybe you know the other one that has been more of a tip-off to the marshals was florida there was a lot of credible sightings of people who said they thought they might have seen them, and they gave details that maybe the public didn't know, like they were left or right-handed and what color their eyes were and what they sounded like and little details that made the authorities think that they could have possibly been in Florida. And even if they would have escaped to South America, that might have been somewhere where they went, especially if they wanted to see family and things like that. And all these were kind of in the Florida or uh, Georgia area every time that they were noticed in those areas. Maybe near the Florida Georgia line. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. uh, so you're saying what you're saying is that the Anglin brothers became bath salt snorting zombies. Yeah, the, the Florida man. Uh, this is their families. Hey, yes, real yes. quick, if you get the chance, you're in San Francisco area. Go. It is a fun thing. Uh, when you land on the island, it is not cheap. No, by the no, way, no, and it is a over a mile just to walk uphill to get to the prison so bring your walking shoes and it's fun though it's a lot of fun and it is a beautiful beautiful island and you get the best view of san francisco you're ever going to see um like i said lisa and i did it and it's a lot of fun so go do it and you get to see all the the you know they have books and and all the 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 leftover stuff is on display and cabinets not cabinets but on display and shelves and stuff it's really cool ah this one i'm not gonna lie to you i know they're they were criminals john but i hope they got away i just i hope they did it doesn't hurt to know that none of them were violent criminals or at least uh, um that i'm aware of Like, it's easier to root for them knowing that they were just, you know, hey, stick them up, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I got syphilis. No, that's Al Capone. (laughs) I thought you were just telling us something. Uh, That's how I talk because of my syphilis. It's eating my brain. (laughs) 
Alan, I, I and it does. I do feel bad for Alan West. Like he, literally the ultimate womp womp. Like I you, should uh, have eaten that second burrito. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brent, we despite what we want, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. What do you think happened? The U.S. Marshals uh, really thought that they they probably made it. I think they, without saying that, they did. I think that they probably did make it. The FBI and the the warden just let you know they want to tell the the you know the layman that they didn't. Um, there's enough with the which we do we should come back to but the papers the letters the the family members the anecdotal and you know evidence things like that to think that they definitely um at least some of them made it i uh uh we are in agreement so uh, not only are we in agreement ding 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 uh my kid broke my bell um <laughs> Uh, not only are we in agreement, I'm on the side of the conspiracy. I think they 100% made it. And I, I, um, as to where they went, I don't even know that I care that. Like, I didn't do enough research to really care. And Brazil doesn't let them extradite here unless they allow it, you know? So that's I one mean, of that the makes, I, like, I'm fine with, I, I, Brazil sounds as good as anywhere else, right, you know? Right. But we, I think they went on to live long, healthy lives. They could uh, still, they'd be in their 80s, but some of their, a lot of their family members have lived in their 90s. It's very conceivable they could still be alive today. They could still be alive today. Yeah. 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 I think they made it. I think, and I just think they were smart enough to, to stay off the grid yeah. finally. What do you guys think, though? How do you think, or what do, What are your thoughts? How can they tell us, John? Go to Hysteria Nation. It is our Facebook discussion group where we talk about all of this and a whole lot more, including prison burritos. <laughs> uh, just go to Facebook.com and search Hysteria Nation. Also, Facebook.com slash Hysteria 51 Pod. That's our Facebook page. Patreon, Patreon.com slash Hysteria 51. You can get shirts, host your own episode, not smell John that's no longer available. Uh, do all sorts of things, up all nights and radio dramas. Voicemail 773-669-7277. Hopefully the next time we play them, they'll be a little bit better than the screaming and nonsense that Seabot played last time he played them. But hey, you get what you ask for. You get what you pay for, I guess, right? Well, I mean, again, letting Conspiracy Bot <laughs> do anything that involves this podcast, the result is going to be, it's on us. Right, right? It's, it is. Also, if you forget any of this, there's one destination, Hysteria 51. Dot com. I guess I should say too, gofopedia.com also. That's right. They'll both get you there. Uh, so yeah, if you're planning on escaping prison, maybe skip dessert that night, you know, and just uh, make sure you can wiggle through your little space. That's all I'm saying. And, and don't use extra contact cement. There you go. So with that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meat sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.